I wasn't here with you last week, but two weeks ago we talked about four men who had leprosy. Remember what leprosy is? It's a really bad disease. Today we're going to talk about two people in leprosy. One is a man who had leprosy and was cured, and another man who didn't have leprosy but got leprosy. So to do this, we need to go back in the Old Testament again. Two weeks ago we were looking at 2 Kings chapter 7. Today we're looking at 2 Kings chapter 5. And it's the story of a man named Naaman. Now, this takes place in the country of Syria. So we've got the the nation of Israel. Remember, it's in two parts, Judah in the south and Israel in the north. And then north of that is the country of Syria. Let me just say a word to moms and dads. Um, So much of the area that's in the news today in the Middle East is the same um, area that the Bible is taking place in. And one of the things that we can do for our kids is to help them uh, recognize that. So, for instance, Syria is in the news a lot. So when you hear, when you're watching the news and they're talking about Syria, you might, you know, might say to your kids, the area that they're talking about on TV there is the same area that Pastor Ed was talking about this morning in our family worship service. When we do that, we sort of move the stories from the Bible out of the kind of fairy tale Neverland area into real historic reality. So as it talks about countries of the world that are mentioned in the Bible, like Syria or Lebanon or Israel or Egypt, those are places in the news today and they're places in the Bible as well. Cities like Jerusalem or Bethlehem are in the news today as well. So we can help kids in that way. This takes place in Syria and in in my translation, at least of the Bible, in in 2 Kings chapter 5, it calls it Aram and the Arameans, but I'm going to call it Syria because that's really what it was, and a lot of translations will, will call it that. He was a general in the Syrian army. In fact, he was the top soldier. His name was Naaman, and he was a great man. He was a valiant soldier, the Bible says. It says that he was, was good and strong and a, and a great fighter. In fact, it says that because of him, God allowed the Syrians to defeat the the Israelites. Now, I I don't like to get political, but let me just say to moms and dads again also that we need to remember that even though the Jews are God's chosen people and God tells us that we need to be supportive of them and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that that doesn't mean that Israel is always right or that they will always be victorious in battles even as they were not always victorious in the Bible as well. Now, Naaman was a great man, but there was one thing wrong, and that was that he had leprosy, that terrible disease of leprosy. So even though he's a great soldier and a great fighter, he had leprosy. And one time when the Syrians had come down to Israel and they were in battle and the, and the Syrians had won, they had captured some Israelis. And one of them was a little girl that they'd grabbed up and taken as a, ca- as a captive, as a prisoner, and taken her back to Syria. And now she's a servant to the wife of this general, Naaman. And one day she's talking to her mistress, Naaman's wife, and here's what she says. This is in verse 3. So she said to her mistress, Oh, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now she knew that there is a God in Israel who is able to cure leprosy, a God who can do anything. And so she says, Oh, I wish my master Naaman could go to, to uh, Israel and to be cured of his leprosy. 
So word of this gets to Naaman, and Naaman is willing to do anything to get rid of his leprosy. He goes to the king and asks for permission to go to Israel. Now, the king is the same king we had talked about a couple weeks ago. His name was Ben-Hadad. Remember that? Ben-Hadad. And the king says, you can go to Israel. And in fact, I'll write a letter to the king of Israel and ask him, you know, if it's all right for you to be there. So he writes a letter and he sends Naaman on his way. And Naaman takes his chariots and his horses and his servants and his soldiers and a great group of people. And they head down to Israel. Now, remember, Israel was an enemy country, although they're at peace at that time. And he goes to the king and he delivers this letter. Naaman doesn't go in to see the king. Why not? Why didn't Naaman go in to see the king himself? Because he had leprosy. That's right. And so instead, he gives a letter to the king from the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad. And uh, when the king reads the letter, he's kind of upset. Here's what it says in verse 6. It says, The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I'm sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and says, Am I God that I can kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? The king realized he couldn't cure Naaman of his leprosy, and he thought that maybe the king of Syria was just trying to pick a fight with him. But there was a man of God in in Israel, and his name was Elisha. We talked about him two weeks ago. He was a prophet. And so he sent word to the king, and he said, Send Naaman to me, and God will use me to cure him of his leprosy. So Naaman goes to where Elisha is in the in the city of Samaria in Israel, and he pulls up on his chariot with all of his soldiers and his servants, and he stands there and he's waiting for Elisha to come out and to bow before him and to work some kind of magic so he can cure him of his leprosy. Instead, Elijah sends his servant and he says, tell Naaman to go and to dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. So the servant comes out and he tells Naaman that, and Naaman is angry. Are you kidding me? I'm the second most important person in Syria. I'm a general in the army, and you think I'm going to go dunk myself in the muddy Jordan River? I mean, come on, what do you think? I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. No matter what he says, I'm not going to do it. Come on, guys, let's get out of here. And he gets back in his chariot and he starts to leave. And his servants want so much for him to be cured of his leper. So when they stop him, they say, well, you know, we don't, we don't mean to tell you what to do, sir. But, you know, if, if Elijah had asked you to do something hard and difficult to fight a battle or to do something dangerous or, or to pay a lot of money, you would have been willing to do it. Wouldn't you be willing to do this very simple thing? Naaman says, yeah, you're right. So he goes to the Jordan River, and he goes down into the river, and he dips himself in the water. By the way, did you notice what the title of this teaching today is? And he dips himself a second time in the water. It's the Big Dipper. (laughs) He dips himself a third time in the water. Still got the leprosy dips himself in the water a fourth time. Oh, this isn't working. I knew it. He just told me to do this because he wants to embarrass me and humiliate me. And he comes up from the water a seventh time. 
And he looks at his hands and his skin and the leprosy is gone. He's been healed. He's been cleansed of the leprosy. He is so excited. He praises Elijah's God. Then he gets back in his chariot and he goes back to Elijah's house and he says, Thank you. I believe now that the only true God is the God of Israel. And, um, and I brought these gifts. Let me give them to you. Now, he's brought a lot of gifts with him because he thought he could maybe buy a cure from Elijah. He's brought silver and gold and fine clothes to wear. In fact, we don't know exactly how much that would be worth today, but just the gold that he brought was equal to the pay of a working man for 600 years. A huge amount of money. And he offers to give it to Elijah. And Elijah says, no, I don't want your money. It was God who did this. And he said, please, please take it. No, no. God did this because he loves and cares about you. So Naaman says, well, then I just have two favors to ask of you. One is, could I take some of the dirt from Israel and take it back to Syria with me? How strange is that? Why would we want to take dirt with him back to, Israel, back to Syria? Well, the reason is because a lot of people in those days thought that there were many gods and gods were only powerful in their country in which they ruled. So he thought that the Lord God is God who had cured him of his leprosy, but he was God of Israel. And maybe if he could take back a little bit of Israel with him to Syria, he could build an altar and worship God there because God would still be powerful because a little bit of Syria would be there, a little bit of Israel would be there with him in Syria. Now we know and we learned when we were looking at the story of Jonah that God is everywhere, right? He's not just in Israel. He is everywhere in the world. So mistakenly, Naaman says, can I take some dirt back with me? And then he says, and also because I'm the right-hand man of the king, sometimes when the king goes in to worship our God, I have to go with him and I have to bow down to this God. Now, we know one of the things about this God was that he was the God of the storm, they believed, and his name was Hadad. The God's name was Hadad. That's what they called him. So the king's name was what? Ben-Hadad. And Ben is a word that means son of. So the king of Syria was saying, I'm son of the God. I'm son of Hadad. He was uh, considered to be God of the storm. Let me just say a word about that to moms and dads too. We need to be really careful about not mixing fairy tale stuff in with our faith in Jesus Christ. It's probably not wise when there's thunder to tell kids, oh, that's God bowling or laughing or angry or whatever it is, you know. Thunder is thunder. It's a natural phenomenon. It has nothing to do with God's emotions, right? So let's not mix those kinds of silly um, ideas with our faith in, in God and in Jesus Christ. So he says, is it okay when I go into this other God? May your God know that I really believe in him and want to worship only him. So Elijah says to him, go in peace, Naaman. So Naaman gets in his chariot and gathers up all his men with him and he starts to head back to Syria. Now, Naaman has a a servant that he's been using and his name is Gehazi. Strange name, isn't it? Gehazi. All of you boys and girls should stop right now and turn to your mom and dad and say, thank you for not giving me the biblical name Gehazi. Because wouldn't that be strange? Gehazi was a, was a greedy man. He wanted things. And when he saw all the gold and silver and fine clothes that Naaman had brought, and when he saw that Elijah didn't even take them, he thought, I could get some of those for myself. 
So he has an idea. And as, as Naaman is leaving, he runs after the chariot. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And Naaman hears him and he stops his chariot and he says, what is it? Is something wrong? And Naaman says, uh, I mean, Gehazi says, oh, uh, no, uh, nothing's wrong. It's just that, um, well, uh, yeah, a couple, a couple poor, um, Prophets from one of the poor countries in Israel have just just now arrived, and Elijah was wondering if maybe you could give them some of the silver and uh, and some of the fine clothes that you brought as a gift. And Naaman, of course, says, "Of course." So he takes some of the silver, a talent of silver, which weighed about seventy-five pounds worth of silver. And he takes some of the fine clothing and they wrap it all up. And he even sends two of his servants with Gehazi to carry it. And so they go back and they're heading toward Elijah's house. And Gehazi thinks, oh, I don't want Elijah to know about this. Um, Let's go to my house instead. So they take the silver and the fine clothing and they put it in, in Gehazi's house. And then Naaman and his servants leave. Now, Elijah, I mean, uh, Gehazi is pretty excited. Now he's got all this silver and these fine clothing. He is going to be a rich man. And he goes back to Elijah and he says to Elijah, uh, well, um, here I am ready to serve you. And Elijah says, uh, where have you been? And uh, Gehazi says, um, out. And uh, Elijah says to him, what were you doing? Uh, nothing. And, and Elijah says to him, Gehazi. Do you think I don't know what you did? Do you think I didn't see the greed in your heart and the lies that you told and the, go- the silver and the fine clothes that you've taken and hidden in your house? He says, because you have done this, the curse of leprosy that left Naaman is going to be upon you. Let me read what it says in that final verse. Naaman's ne- Na- he says this, Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. And then Gehazi went from Elijah's presence, and he was leprous, as white as snow. And so Naaman, even though he's a foreigner, you know, is blessed by God, and through faith and being willing to be obedient and to dip himself in the Jordan River, Naaman is cleaned, and his leprosy is gone. But Gehazi, because of his greed and his lying, you know, now has leprosy. And the Bible doesn't tell us what happened to Gehazi, but you remember... Two chapters later, in uh, in Second Kings chapter seven, it says this. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance to the city gate. Remember that story that we looked at two weeks ago. And some Bible scholars think that one of those four lepers outside the city gate of Samaria was Gehazi, who now had leprosy. Let's take a moment and uh, pray together and thank God for His love and his care for us. Lord, thanks that you are a God who can do anything. You can cure leprosy. You can cure cancer. You can bless us in ways that we would never expect. And sometimes, Lord, you're asking us to do things and we don't understand why, like you asked Naaman to dip himself seven times in the Jordan River. And he didn't want to do it, but he did. And you blessed him. Help us to be obedient to you as well, Lord, and to know that you are always with us wherever we are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.